Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to guests about their favorite albums. Today, we're talking with Braxton Marsalis of the band Zulu. We talked about Portishead's 1994 album, Dummy, and also about trip-hop, prog rock, and Zulu's upcoming tour and recording plans. Zulu released My People Hold On in 2020 and Our Day Will Come in 2019. Can't wait to hear more. Just to note, we chatted a few weeks ago, the day before Zulu left for a full U.S. tour. And at this point, they're almost home, so just keep that in mind. Also, we had a little audio issue, so you'll hear some crackles and pops, but I edited around it very creatively, but just keep that in mind. Honestly, this conversation was amazing, so I knew I needed to salvage anything I could. And I gotta say, proud of myself. Okay, please check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. My co-host Sarah and I talk about records we liked a lot when we were younger and revisit them as much older and jaded individuals. Subscribe for as little as $1 a month and get an exclusive episode every week. Really helps us keep doing what we're doing here, so we'd super appreciate the support. Check that out. Okay, no delays. Let's chat with Braxton. Hey Braxton, how's it going? Pretty good, yeah. Um, last night I did a shoot for Alternative Press, which is really sick. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, just it's pretty surreal. It was like, yeah, it was like late. It was like late last night, early this morning. Zulu did a, a interview and everything. So tomorrow we're we have like a big, like pretty lengthy like U.S. tour uh, coming up, and we're leaving tomorrow. The first stop is in Vermont, which is like L.A. to Vermont is definitely a push. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what was wild. Like I was thinking um, <laughs> I was like, man, we better get this interview. <laughs> we better get this episode in yeah. before you leave, because I, I thought I already missed you because I'm like, are y'all driving straight there? Yeah, it's like it, it's crazy. Like the first date is like, I think, Thursday and leaving tomorrow tour but it'll be fine yeah that's crazy you were saying about the alternative press thing uh just like kind of seeing like a zulu blow up but we're going to talk about it more in a little bit but it's been amazing to kind of watch you know from a distance in north carolina to be exact wow so but today actually we are going to talk about portishead's 1994 album dummy It's their debut album, and that came out on Go Beat Records and London Records, and it was produced by the band and Adrian Utley, who essentially is in the band at this point, but I believe kind of wasn't like officially. We'll talk about that more. So what I'll I'll ask then is, when was the first time you heard Portishead or this album? You just went in like YouTube rabbit holes, you know, and that was pretty much my thing. I was like in a YouTube rabbit hole like, a bunch of thrash bands and death metal bands and i was in a uh, youtube rabbit hole with like electronica and like electronic music and trip-hop and stuff like that and discovered Boris said i was like yo this band is crazy and then forgot the name of the band and didn't and i rediscovered them maybe like 2019 2020 i would mm-hmm. say maybe 2020 during pan- the pandemic i was at home bored and i was like yo i remember this band had it been years and I just started losing my mind. I was just playing it nonstop. And I just loved the band so much. You were kind of saying, like, what do you think you were listening to? What mainly were you listening to before that or even around that time? Uh, before the first time I discovered them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, high school, I was, like, really into, well, I listened to, like, everything. But I would go, mm-hmm. the shows I would go to were, like, thrash shows, death metal shows, like, Hardcore punk gigs, grind, power violence, stuff like that with just me and my homies. And then at home, I was mostly listening to a lot of glam, like a whole lot of 80s glam, a lot of like, it's just through my dad, a lot of jazz fusion, mm-hmm. and then a lot of like Hendrix and Steve Ray Vaughan type stuff, like through my dad. But on my own with friends, is mostly like a lot of metal, like a whole lot of metal, like, like uh, normally like older metals. Or newer bands that had like an '80s type sound. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I feel like I've always had friends that tell me to 
listened to Portishead, but uh, I mean, up until this, I really hadn't sat down and been like, oh, let me take this in. Yeah. It almost like felt like it had been on like a to-do list for so many years. Like, oh, I'm going to get around to listening to Portishead. I feel that for sure, yeah. So um, have you got into much of, I guess, like who is in this band or their history and whatnot? Uh, Somewhat. Um, Definitely like I was... I was on a deep dive about like the the samples and and stuff, but that was a while back. But for me, I mostly just run the first two albums a lot, and then some of the last albums. But for me, mostly like Dummy and the self title, I just like run it all the time. Like I love the I love them like to death. <laughs> yeah, and has that gotten you into? Because I was kind of reading that they're considered like pioneers of trip. Yeah. And so has it kind of gotten you into like digging into that genre more? Yeah, definitely. Like I was super into um, Massive Attack. Just just hearing them, not really knowing what, what they were, I would just hear the song. And but Massive Attack, and through Massive Attack, I found Tricky and super into Tricky. And yeah, yeah like those three artists, and there's an artist called um, Uncle with a K. Uh, when you listen to trip hop, it's not what you think. Like the the name of the genre, trip hop, like connotation wise, is not necessarily what it is. It was interesting to me. Like you hear trip hop, and when growing up, I always heard the, the name of the genre, trip hop, and I would think that trip hop was like I don't know, like like Tribe Called Quest or something like that. I don't know. I, like that's what I thought it was. Just I don't know. I thought it was like just trippy, you know, alternative hip hop or something from like the nineties. That's what I thought it was, and then hearing it. I was like, yo, this is like something completely different and it's like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was reading something where they were talking about they didn't really like that term. I think kind of for the same reason that a lot of genre names kind of like push people into like boxes. You know, a certain yeah, box. Yeah. And I think and I think it's what's interesting that you're mentioning like tricky. I always lately I've been kinda of like, Oh, I should check out tricky because I mean I work as a concert poster archivist and I end up seeing like, yeah, I end up seeing tricky posters a lot and I'm kind of like, I don't, you know, it kind of feels like something I'm, I keep seeing a bunch, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, so where would you say, I know it's not really what we're talking about, but where should I start with tricky? Um, the name of the album, it's like, it escapes me right now, but of course it's like, I'm asked about it, but uh, it's like, it's like a burgundy record. And then I remember also he did a record under a different name. His label wanted him to put something out, but it was some type of description of the, the label. Like, so he put something out in between his studio albums and it was like a totally different name. Those two records, uh, I, it's, it's escaping me right now, uh, but uh, definitely tricky. And another artist I was really, really into that's trip hop is uh lovage uh nathaniel merriweather like i I was like i said i was super into metal and um i was super into faith no more and Mm -hmm. uh it escapes me the senior of faith no more mike patton Patton. yeah 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 yeah, i feel you mike patton Patton. yeah so yeah i was really into mike patton i loved mr bungle Mm -hmm. and i was just exploring what like mike patton did so i was like faith no more obviously fire mr bungle obviously fire and I found Lovage with the Town Merriweather, which is like something that Mike Patton did, which is like trip hop. And it's like, some people don't like it because it's like, oh, it's not metal, brother, or uh, whatever. But it's like, it's sick. And it's another trip hop um, artist that like Mike Patton was, it, it's another another uh, trip hop like band that I found that I was like, yo, this stuff is so insane to me. So also really into Lovage. There's like that whole 90s, time with this trip hop but that stuff is so insane to me like i love it like something about it yeah yeah i mean i guess like thinking about even like mr bungle like they go into so many like differing genres within like kind of one song and so it's like when you kind of trace that lineage there um but when i think about like well mike Patton also has like that project uh phantasmo i believe is the name of it yeah, Mike Patton's always been like an interesting thing to me. Even before I was like really into Mike Patton, mm-hmm. I feel like I had friends that were like trying to get me into it. So it's like since I was like a teenager, it was like people were like, "Oh, you gotta," you know, because we were listening to like Primus or you know, yeah. kind of 
sub new metal kind of stuff. Primus but it's too like, is one of my favorite bands like ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was always like hesitant to like new metal, but when it gets what when like Primus, it you know, they're definitely are to me it's like they're not a new metal band at all. Yeah. But it's like it's like people that like when I was growing up, people that like Corn probably also like Primus. Yeah, you know? no, I feel that. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was like I liked Primus and I liked uh, Mr. Bungle and I I definitely like fell in hard with Faith No More and still like listen to them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. I think when you were saying like getting into metal and I feel like there's some kind of weird pipeline that almost like it's probably the musicality of it. Like there's so much like musicianship in metal that probably lends itself to appreciating stuff like trip hop. Yeah, more. definitely. And yeah, I can't ever, I can't really like fully put my finger on it though. It's 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 like a pipeline. I remember in, in high school there's there were like all the metalhead dudes that either went the route of like jazz or just like really eclectic musicianship indie type stuff or they just stayed like metal and then just got more like jaded and you know they went to the you know you know what I'm like now they're just like yeah yeah oh yeah dude like that sucks like that's poser stuff and and now they're like you know but yeah there's definitely like the the pipeline once you like yeah i like this musicianship oh, okay well this band's cool too and like it, it could be bands like mars volta and like stuff like that where it's like they're not metal but they're like chaotic enough and their musicianship is crazy so you like definitely get into that or like yeah like you said primus like you get into like oh that's claypool did an album with this dude and this guy and like i said oh mike patton did something with this and like like the people who are eclectic in the metal genres like subgenres you follow them into their your their own thing so i definitely went the the pipeline where it's like, you know, I just found other eclectic genres, like a super into jazz fusion and trip hop to me, definitely going into a deep dive, uh, a deeper dive in 2020. I was like, just amazed. Cause I, I'm like a traditional musician in terms of like guitar, bass, drums and, and keyboards. But the idea of samples and stuff like that intrigued me so much. So I never really tried to do it until 2020. And until like, I was just pushing. And also, I, I also had a, a nerve issue with my arm. I couldn't really play guitar as often. So it's obviously, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm home. You know, it's during a pandemic. You can't really do much. So I definitely explored keyboards and sampling more so. And yeah, I definitely lend that to that deep dive of finding more and more like trip-hop artists. But the the four I had mentioned were like the basis of the ones I had found like a few years ago. It's like, yeah, like tricky, massive attack, lovage, and uh, Portis head. But I never get what you're saying. Like, but the pipeline, like, really into metal, and then you know, furthering off into other things. Because I, I have friends now. A lot of my friends kind of circled back to it with a better appreciation. What's funny is when I was looking into kind of like the samples that are used on the record, like where you mentioned jazz fusion, they sample Weather Report. Yeah. On this. Yeah, record. one of my favorite. Yeah. Like, Literally, Weather Report is, I can't even put in the words, like, how much that band means to me. That band is so insane. I love that band so, so much. Like, such an influence mm-hmm. on me, like, straight up. I can go on for days yeah. about that. That's a whole new podcast right there. Well, yeah, it's interesting because, like, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like on so many of these episodes, I kind of feel like I go back to this idea of, like, I kind of, like, how closed-minded I felt, like, at a certain mm-hmm. age. You know, there there was, like, a time frame where it was, like, you know, it was like fast punk everything. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and it's like I did listen to a lot of stuff because it's like I went through cycles, kind of like every kid does. It was like I got into punk, you know, or I got into punk and ska at the same time and then kind of traced that into getting into metal. But then that led me into metalcore. And then from there, it led me into like fast punk. And then from there, it was kind of like everything, you know. But there was like a time frame where it was like, if you're not like power violence, I didn't give a shit, you know? And so there's like a lot of, there's a lot of catch up, but there's little threads in my life where it's like, I was, we'll say open-minded, but it's like, I still feel like I miss so much, but I'll, I'll listen to something like weather report that I didn't expect that I'd like. And then I'm just sitting there like watching YouTube videos of them jamming for like 
you know, an hour. You know? Yeah. So it's it's definitely something I, I feel like I want to explore more. But it's like, it's kind of like, I guess even just thinking about like tricky or something, it's kind of like, where do you get in? And you don't really have to answer that question. But because I think there's a lot of entry points into something like Weather Reporter, like Jazz Fusion. Uh, oh, yeah. Do, is that something that you grew up with liking, like like Chick Korea and stuff like that? Or oh, is that I you got into loved later? it. Um, my dad would just always be playing. Like, there's Pat Metheny, um, Pat Metheny, Chick Korea, Al Jarreau, Weather Report, and like Spiral Gyro was like always play as a kid. And even like, you know, uh, this is really niche, but you know, like the, um, the Sirius XM like stations and how like they have like a Beatles station mm-hmm. or something like they're going to definitely be like a weather report adjacent artist type of um, radio station on Sirius because like, there's just so much you can just go on for days like all, all like the like the, yeah. the Wayne Shorter the Wayne Shorter and all of his uh, discography like Jago Pastor and all of his like I was just obsessed with Jazz Fusion like because I'm really into progressive rock too um uh-huh. yeah you know and also like that's another pipeline like you know fools listen to rush at 10 and now they're 20 or no now they're 30 and they're in the, like you know gent or whatever like me yeah. i definitely went like i don't really like the super crazy like 37 string guitar type stuff like that's not really like my vibe like it's like four string bass six string you know guitar just like rush um, really in the yes and Star Castle, King Crimson, uh, Druid, Eloy, just like that, like 70s into 80s progressive rock, and like bands like uh, Coliseum 2, which hmm. teeters on jazz fusion and progressive rock, like that. Oh my, oh my god, especially Coliseum 2, like that's probably one of the best bands, like in terms of like influencing me, but I, yeah, and like that for um, my love for jazz fusion and progressive rock as it went through the 80s how it got more and mm-hmm. more like synthesizer based that oh, i yeah. love that and like yeah when people started hating on yes when they like you know started switching up their sound like that's sick same with rush like roll the bones in the like, late 80s early 90s like that era too like i love that and i love how it is electronic rock and electronic jazz and stuff it can also meld very well into hip-hop and electronica and i'm also really into like big beat stuff like like the prodigy and like uh oh yeah like yeah. crystal like crystal yeah. method and stuff like that like it's just it's all offshoots of like same type of i mean it's it, this is a different argument but it's definitely in, in my eyes there's definitely some points where they all share i guess like when it comes to like making electronic music there's different there's different avenues for it obviously but I don't know, because I, I, during, yeah. during 2020, I was definitely exploring making my own music, uh, like just a, like a solo record, a solo record that is super electronic, but it's me on guitar and, and bass, just pretty much flexing that I can like play other genres pretty much. And <laughs> yeah, uh, just yeah. like really long compositions, like real like Santana-esque, just sitting up and just jamming and shredding but doing that over electronic fixed beats opposed to just like you know uh live like three percussionists the on acid you know like like mm-hmm. i wanted to explore like what what can i do within pushing the realms of electronica progressive rock pushing the realms of jazz fusion 80 jazz fusion in particular pushing it in terms of like mm-hmm. it's just me the homie that's the engineer and just a bunch of fake beats and samples and like drum and bass loops and samples and stuff like that so also i went from listening to portishead and lovage i went from listening to them recreationally to listening to them like homework oh wow uh jazz from hell by frank zappa is like that record blows my mind i really can't put in the words it's just such an like, inspiration to me like that record in particular how he's just a, like a traditional like guitar rock guy, but he takes the the musicianship of guitar and puts it to this other stuff in electronic music. So definitely mm-hmm. influenced me uh, a lot. I, I used to have wrote like a trip hop song in the vein of 
uh, Portishead, and that's where the record started for me. Like, I mean, like recording my own record started with this particular super Portishead inspired song. And as like mm-hmm. as time progressed, that song was such such a foreign entity on the rest of the record. I just scrapped it. Like, okay. yeah, Portishead yeah. definitely influenced me to make this record. And then I just went on a a rabbit hole of this other complete genres and it just it ended up like the porous head stuff was just like okay well that's just a bowie song and i'm getting rid of it because it stopped making it stopped making sense contextually on the record because everything else was just okay this is like a yes type of song oh this is like a santana thing oh yeah this is a weather report rip or you know whatever but it a lot of it definitely started with my appreciation for electronic music and how porous head can do this, these really weird, crazy compositions, but can be on top of the charts. And in some regards, like their music is synonymous with certain scenes in the '90s. You know, I think that's so sick to me. Yeah, yeah, I think that even though I don't like dislike them like I did when I was a kid, but I feel like when I was a kid, it was like Radiohead was like kind of the enemy. But there's <laughs> there's aspects of Portishead where it felt like where it feels like it's like, oh, I think Radiohead, even though they're kind of doing it around the same time, it's like, feels like Radiohead was probably like ripping them off in a way. And I don't have any way to like really prove Oh, that. no, exactly, but exactly. Yeah, because it's like when you look at a certain point, it's like Radiohead, you know, had those elements, but right around the same time, they kind of started going, pushing and like, you know, around like Kid A, but like Kid A is, I believe like 97 uh, yeah, no, you know, today, so it's like, was, yeah, uh, I think because like, okay, computer, I remember was 97. Kid A was like definitely a little after, but I was saying, like, I was thinking, yeah, that's right to me, like, okay, computer and after, if it was a meme, it'd be like, listen to Portis at once. I feel like, like, because it's like, yeah, it would be, they yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of the, the sampling and the compositions from Portis said, like. Or just that overall genre, which like Portis said at the time was pretty much like spearheading the overall like the uh, the trip hop thing. So I, I definitely get what you're saying. Like I, I I never really thought of it that way, but for sure, bit Portis said. Well, one one way it made me think of I think it's the song "Sour Times." Um, it's it's like it almost starts it it almost comes in like a. a like a 90s uh well it is 90s but it's like it almost sounds like a 90s bond yeah. movie uh the way it, and it's like but then also i think radiohead later on did like a bond song and so i was just like those motherfuckers like just straight up ripped off portishead you know okay i think of like um was exit music for a film and a lot of the like really experimental radiohead uh songs I definitely hear a lot of the, the really Bondy stuff. There's another song too, I'm trying to think. I think, I want to say talk show host, but I'm not sure. But I definitely get what you're saying. A lot of the really like mysterious guy, like, you know, Bond, like James Bond-ish type stuff. But I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even like I, I rewatched like the first X-Men movie uh, last night and there's like elements where it kind of starts going into like, this like kind of electronic beat with like this you know picked up kind of thing and you know it's kind of all over but Portishead is like that but that's almost what I thought Portishead was growing up in a way and it's like Portishead is giving you so much more than kind of the like Mission Impossible 2 version of what Mm -hmm. I thought it was you know if that makes any sense um but one one thing it was like I was thinking back to you said it a while ago um kind of thinking about those bands that went out of being like, well, they were prog bands in like the sixties and into the seventies. But when it got to the eighties, it's like, yes, started doing like, it's like uh, the album's 901 to, yeah, that one. But it's like, it's like, they were like, we did prog long enough. We're going to write pop songs now. And I mean, and I like that era too. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to me that like people time, that's heard of yes and like they they went to like discover yes and they're like oh this band used to have like 20 30 minute freaking songs you know like and it's kind like they reinvented themselves like completely because like there's so many people who yeah. discovered them through all like the you know the 80s stuff and just like you know three four minute you know a little like synthy songs 
and they're like, oh, these fools' hair used to be longer. They used to have the freaking bell bottoms. They used to have like long freaking songs. But it's so cool how artists can just like, artists who are synonymous with one genre, I love how they can just reinvent themselves and be in like a whole new realm. Like that's what it's so sick to me. Yeah, like totally. Also going back to when you were talking about Santana, like so much of Santana's early band, Mm -hmm. you know, a few of those members went on to be Journey. Yeah, yeah. uh, uh, Neil Sean. That's wild. Yeah, Neil Neil Sean uh, went to do Journey, which is like so crazy. Neil Sean, like Neil Sean, uh, he had a band called Hardline, I believe, too, I think. And Mm -hmm. he was, you see him and everyone thinks, oh yeah, big hair guy, whatever. But it's like, no, like this fool's been out, you know? Those motherfuckers could play. All of those people could play. Like, even when you get into, like, and it's, you know, it, it's like, we kind of, like, look at it like a meme or a caricature in a way, but it's, like, Asia and Toto. Those were all, like, crazy bear. frog dudes that just, like, we're, like, we're gonna make money now. Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's like we struggled, you know, it, it'd be, like, because there were people, like, you know, Weather Report was, like, a big band, but it's, like, and all of those people that played, you know, kind of jazz fusion and stuff, and they had, like, their own thing, but it's, like, I really feel like it was just straight up, like, prog dudes were, like, we went as far out as we could for a long time, and now we just, like, need to buy another house or, you know, something is what it feels like, you know, during that time frame. Yeah, all the Yes art, all the Toto art, all the Asia art, all that stuff, where it's, like, these crazy ethereal, ethereal landscapes, it's, like, you know, like a mountain in space or, you know, like flying lions or whatever. It's always like, it's always Roger Dean. And mm-hmm. it's so sick. I like the imagery, even though you look at the bands, it's like, like, like I, I look at these like 80s bands that have the Roger Dean type style. And to me, I immediately think of like the 70s bands that did it. Or like the 60s bands that did it. Just like Yes and all that stuff. But it's so cool how they're just like, Every Yes record, every Asia record, the total records, they have like a theme, but mm-hmm. they all sound the same. I mean, they, they all like, up to a certain point, all the records sound the same until, you know, like you said, they, they want, you know, I, I want to buy a house. They're like, you know, <laughs> I, I got a kid now. Like, let me grow my hair out. Let me grow my hair like big, or, like tease my hair. Let me do all this, you know, the electronic stuff all the kids are doing. Let me do this like glam stuff the kids are doing. And like, I don't know. I think that just adds a whole other layer to so many artists. But like I said, like I mentioned Rush doing like the Roll the Bones era where like the early like freaking like Working Man and all that early Rush stuff, even with that, like started just straight up just rock, like hard rock and like mm-hmm. Fly by Night. They're like, yo, let's switch it up. Um, I think Neil Peart joined during Fly by Night. And then as the time, like they got, they, they started just expand, expand, expand. You listen to like subdivision, keep going, and roll the bones era. Like I love it because it's like soft rock, but it's like it's so synthy, and people are like, oh, this mm-hmm. stuff sucks, dude. Like I miss when Rush had the ball, man. This stuff sucks. It's like they gotta understand, like <laughs> it, it's three guys, brother. They're, they're going to do so much, you know, like and like Neil already wrote like all the freaking lyrics, and yeah, so it's like you only do so much, so like bands they're like yeah we've we've done the hard rock thing we've done like the electronic heavy prog thing now let's do like you know adult contemporary you know freaking uh what is this like soft rock synth rock stuff and it was still written very well it was very commercial but i just love when artists can just have offshoots of their own sound and it still works you know i mean of course these people are like purists you know this sucks whatever but like I don't know. Like I, I, I love stuff like that. I love when Rush got more electronic because that stuff is just brilliant. Like that stuff is so good. Yeah, I was listening to uh I was listening to Moving Pictures today. Fire. Uh by Rush. And like just thinking about and I can't remember what those things are called, but those like kind of like foot pedal keyboard things that well he actually they're bass things. So essentially it's like when you step on it with your foot, he can hold down the bass lines, but he can play sense stuff so it's funny to think about it's funny to think of the idea of kind of someone being like oh because i guess i guess rush was doing this they were kind of like oh let's make it a little bit more mainstream but even (laughs) their version of it still involves him playing uh you know bass with his foot (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's so funny. Like, it's just like, oh, that's 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 a prog dude's version of like, you know, because back to yes or, you know, they're kind of it's some of the same conversations, even though the bands are different. But it's like their version of being mainstream. If you kind of just focus on like the music that's being played mm -hmm. is still pretty wild. They were just like, oh, shit, we got to write hooks they, within this. Like, it's like people people were so spoiled of just like the crazy like i don't know fragile and all that stuff they used to do so now it's like the what they're doing is still very very difficult and crazy it's just not like yeah. it's not like a 13 minute song anymore you know it's like it's like five minutes four minutes well what i was thinking of was the idea when people were like um you know when people were like oh a good song should only be three minutes yeah and I feel like it's like I feel like the hair stand up on my neck and it's like my musicianship level. I know I'm going on a bunch of ta tangents like I'm I'm a bassist, mm -hmm. but I'm not like a guy that practices like arpeggios and scales and things, even though I should be. But it's like so I feel like when people tell me that, like what it translates to me sometimes is like you don't listen to a lot of other. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's I guess it's it's fine if they don't want to. But it's like these songs that we're talking about, like give you so much and they might be like 12 minutes long. Mm -hmm. So for someone to tell you like a good song has to be a certain length, it's like, yeah, that works for a lot of standards of music. But, you know, that you couldn't have told that to Santana, like early Santana, even like the kind of like the glamier version of Santana, like some of those songs extend. Yeah. You know? And I think they're good for that because they're going somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know? That's like an interesting thing. Like, even a lot of the stuff on, you know, this Portishead record, it's like, they're not like the shortest songs, but, you know, they're not like proggy by any means, but it's like, to put like a kind of time limit on like what a good song should be always kind of makes me bristle a little bit. You know? Yeah, like... uh there's dudes that only listen to hardcore and then they hear like, dude, this song is so long. And it'd be like four minutes. I'm like, I'm like, bro, like, yeah. not every song is like two and a half minutes. You know, like, I like, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely, I definitely cringe when I hear people. They're just like, oh yeah, the song is so long. I'm like, bro, it's like a three minute song, four and five minutes. Like even like, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. Even like Kanye's last record, like Donda, like, freaking off the grid is like five and a half minutes like and that's like a song you hear on the radio it's like a very popular song it's five minutes oh the song yeah. is so long i'm like bro it's really not that long <laughs> like at all like the via san Diego is like what like nine minutes and then what freaking 2212 i mean i mean sorry 2212 is my my freaking that's my unit in my freaking uh <laughs> my apartment 2112 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but w with like moving pictures though, it's like they have some you know longer songs on that record, but not. E I mean, that's is like the most tame. I feel like almost. Um, but it's like it's only a forty minute record, and it has seven songs. So it's like I get. I think people conflate two different things. It's like maybe your record, but that don't even like put. I was gonna say maybe your record shouldn't be over a certain length, but I don't like putting those confines. But moving pictures is only forty minutes. Like, and even this. Uh, you know, this Portishead record, like, is not, like, a long record by, like, what it kind of extends out to, you know? So yeah. it's, it's not one or the other. It's just sometimes if your music's interesting, you don't think about those things, and you may not realize. I think some people that say that, like, hardcore dudes are just people that kind of say that power pop guys and whatnot, they don't realize that probably some of their favorite songs go on longer just because... You don't think about it when you're in, enjoying a song. I feel that too. Yeah, I definitely get that. <laughs> yeah, that that, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, like some some songs, and I definitely like what I was saying about like junk and stuff. Like some of that stuff, sometimes it's like taxing to listen to because it's like, like it's like what like seventeen four time signature or something like that. Something went crazy. I was like, yo, this is like difficult to follow, and it's like. Three minutes of a seventeen four song is definitely like yo, it's insane. Two minutes of that is insane. But I, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's also when I think of like people that are like when I was a teenager, like you know, or like almost twenty or whatnot, like I could drive around just listening to like 
suffocation yeah you know in my car yeah. for like an hour you know but like now it's like 15 minutes and i'm like that's that's i'm good yeah you know that, but yeah. to think of just like listening to gent all day oh is God. wild to me <laughs> that that's like a shift like like it's like a nine to five like i i i i can't i don't know that's just like that sounds like so much work with me i mean no diss no hate i just like yeah yeah i like emma's leaders is crazy like tram crazy crazy man. insane yeah. toast and the bossy is goaded but I can't just run that stuff over and over and over. It would it would drive me nuts. I just cannot do it. And I bet a lot of those people that are playing that type of music like aren't. You know, that's like yeah. the thing. Like sometimes when people either haven't played that style of music or it's like and the same probably happens when, you know, you're on tour, like you know, when y'all make that when y'all make that trip across the country. I doubt you would be listening to things that sound like Zulu for the whole trip, you know? Like, that'd be insane. The Zulu van, straight up. If, like, if Anaya is, like, our our singer, if he has Ox, it's either, like, reggae or, like, soul. Um, If Dez gets, uh, and he's our guitarist, if he gets Ox, probably gonna be, like, rap or, like, Oh boy, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. If I get it. It's gonna be like just drum and bass loops. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you're when you're a venue playing breakdowns, and now you're going to the next venue to play more breakdowns, I <laughs> I just I can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I guess just to kind of I'll throw in a few more kind of uh, facts on the record that I that I read about. Um, so BBC called the Portishead record. Uh, one of the greatest albums of the 90s, and it made top lists with Pitchfork, Enemy, Spin, The Wire, and uh, the band cites like like spaghetti western movies as like their influence. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to me talking about like a cinematic thing, and I said Bond, but it's like these feel everything feels really cinematic with it. Yeah. Do you listen to other stuff like Tangerine Dream? Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. I'm into a lot of of stuff. Um, I don't know, like when it comes up to like electronica and stuff like that. Like I'm I'm into a lot of. It just depends. I like Tangerine Dream because like they're just such like it's like a huge, huge, ungodly huge discography. I can't even fathom how many songs and like albums these fools have. Like it's 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 almost irritating. They keep track of all the stuff that, that those fools Yeah, have. it's wild how prolific. I mean, like, with so much, like, film stuff and then stuff that's not even, like, film. And then, like, they also have that quality where it's, like, like, a lot of film stuff. Like, when I'm when I'm hanging out with people and they're just listening to film scores, like, the vibe is good. But you're, like, it's not – a lot of times it's not, like, really going anywhere. But Tangerine Dream, it's, like, these are songs. Yeah. Even if it's, like, in a 70s movie, it's, like – there's a part and another part. It's not just like a vibe, which a lot of film scores, you know, tend to do. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I feel like when they came out in the late '60s, I think, and I think they, I believe, so. I think, I don't know about like the, uh, the members, but I feel like they're still making stuff. Um, the there's like Tangerine Dream. There's that other band Goblin that did some of the like Dario Argento uh scores uh for like Italian horror stuff. So yeah, those kind of bands just tend to run. It's like there might be one remaining guy. Prog bands <laughs> seem to kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Like uh, I was in I was in Finland in November and there was actually it was Genesis, but it was like. It was like a member of the band. It it was billed as like I can't remember which member it was, but it was like a member of the band plays Genesis songs, and I was like, should we go to that? Yeah, that's barely yeah. even Genesis. Yeah, I was like, I'm just gonna watch that guy like probably sit on stage. Yeah, you know, because I think yeah, it's like I think Phil Collins like or Peter Gabriel, one of the um, he kind of just like sits on stage now when they play. So I I, yeah. I don't even know. If- I think I think it's Phil Collins. I think um, Peter Gabriel just abandoned Genesis. I I could be I could be wrong. I I well, I still do this thing where it's like, I I swear for the life of me I can't like figure out which one is which, even though they're 
very different when you like if you were to play him right there it's like i'm gonna get him mixed up though yeah uh, yeah peter gabriel was the singer while phil collins was the drummer and then yeah. gabriel went solo and then phil collins was drummer and singer then phil collins went solo and then blew up over genesis and peter gabriel <laughs> Which is like so yeah, crazy. Yeah, this all makes sense right now, but then in like an Sam hour, I'm like, going to forget what it is. Yeah, no, I feel that for sure, yeah. Yeah, it's like when someone tells you, like, oh, that you can tell these twins apart. And these 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 guys don't really look anything alike. Well, they kind of do now. But, <laughs> yeah. um, like, it's like when people are like, uh, oh, these two twins, you just got to remember this one is this and this, and then it'll just forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah. So one thing that makes it difficult to kind of like talk about Portishead more is like with how private they are as people like whenever this record came out, they retreated from just like doing any sort of press stuff. Yeah. And so it makes it really tough to just be like, oh, this person didn't like hate this person. you know. <laughs> so, you know, so it's like if you have more you want to throw in about Portishead, you know, feel free. Yeah, it's just it, they're like true. It's like true artistry. Like it's not like you know tabloid like oh yeah like i saw this singer blah 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 they're chilling or whatever like oh i saw him with the viper room last week you know like like they're just straight up just like we make music i mean yeah like they, they did orchestra stuff but they they weren't on their like hollywood but yeah like it, it's so sick to me how they just have like three records and like that's it like um i believe they have like i i think I saw something of them dropping like a, a single or something a little bit ago, but yeah, like 2008, I think 2008 or nine. I want to say 2008 was like the last thing, their last point. Like that's so crazy to me to be. And in some regards, they actually are a very irrelevant band, but they don't have much out. Like, and the stuff they have out, it um it has staying power. You know, like it it's so prolific that. You know, I mean, they also do have like that live album with like the orchestra and everything, but mm-hmm. um, not to like go off again, but I was talking to somebody the other day about like how Lil Wayne is like the GOAT, but he ruined his legacy because like has, he's dropping a whole, it was like dropping a whole lot of stuff that he just, just didn't need to drop. You know, it's like you, um, it's like quality over quantity. And mm-hmm. he put out just a lot of stuff. There's just no, there's no reason for him to, to drop this stuff. There's so much stuff that he's like, yo, you got to kept that. Like, you know, but what Corey said is like just three solid records. And I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, I think what's hard about it is like, I mean, I guess it's like your kind of art kind of speaks for itself. But what I would feel like is like, I would, with that much time away, I feel like I would start like second guessing myself, but I haven't had like the success that they've had you know but i would be like well was it my best work so i feel like i would feel like inclined to put out another record and yeah like you're saying probably like mess up my legacy (laughs) if i ever had one uh so that's got to be like a rough position to be in like i couldn't imagine like like because if you're little wayne it'd be hard to just be there like oh well i i already did this album so i'm gonna just like let it sit and kind of build a mystique So the kind of restraint that a band like Portishead has, if that's, and that may not even be the reason why they do it. Mm -hmm. They might end up like, it might be like a self doubt kind of thing. Or, you know, it's almost like I could imagine there are people that are, there might be like 10 other albums that they personally have created. We just haven't heard them. Yeah. I feel like they, I could see that for them. I I read somewhere that they're just like, it is done. Like they're just like, like fame was a lot and they just retreated to like somewhere remote i, I read that a few times they're just over it i was like yo that's that's sick like they just like <laughs> hit like the absolute peak third what was the name of the third record it came out in 08 i think and yeah the song threads was like the last track that song fire but that i couldn't really get into third as much as the other one just because like I don't know, third definitely went more into like a rock realm. It's mm-hmm. more like traditional instrumentation and stuff. And plus like Dummy and Portis said like those two albums really like solidified their sound. And third was just like I mean third was like a comeback record and it's good. It just wasn't really my cup of tea. But in theory it is a good record, just not why I like Portishead, you know. But like listening to Dummy, it's like 
for me, Rhodes. Um, obviously, Glory Box is like the big, the big hit. But like, Glory Box, Rhodes, freaking Sara was Sour Times, like Wandering Star. It's just like I, I was telling somebody. Uh, they're like, so what's for that sound like? I said, oh, it's like sexy, depressed music. <laughs> I find it. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're like yeah they're too sad and too horny all the time. Like the stuff they make is like is definitely like its own war on Tumblr. I don't know if you're big on the Tumblr, but twenty. I kind I kind of missed it, and then like I felt like when I tried to get into it, it was like it was like just everyone had moved away from it, and I was like I don't get the allure, but it was just everyone had already like given it up, you know? Yeah, like early to mid twenty tens, like I was for sure like a tumblr head and you see like the the moving gifs of like i don't know like rain or something and it's always portishead playing it's like oh imagine you're (laughs) leaving you're leaving the you're leaving school on the bus and you're looking outside and you're listening to portishead on your zoom it'd be like stuff like that like so crazy and they had like all this mystique and lore on tumblr and then the fact that they were also so reserved like added to it i don't know like Dummy is definitely one of the albums the artists play on on loop, like especially that yeah, like like a Zulu Drive or something. You're like a, a tour. Any any other band I'm on, I'm on tour. If I ever get the Ox, I just love playing. I mean, if it's a night drive, I gotta stay awake. I'm probably not playing freaking uh, Dummy because it's like it's too sleepy. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a little sleepy, but it's like it's not. I like the thing you said about um, it being like a mix between um, sexy, depressed music. <laughs> yes. Um, like you said, the mix between like sexy and depressed music. I'm thinking it's like it's it's right at that junction, because if it was more depressed, I, I'd still listen to it. But it's like I wouldn't, you know, you'd kind of be like, oh, you got to be in the right mood. But like because it's like that that junction right in there, because if it were too sexy, I'd be like. I'd feel like weird listening to it like, yeah. in the office or something, like you know, but it's like at that right junction, it just makes it just two ingredients, which you know, sounds corny to say, but it's like, it just makes it like perfect. You know, no, I definitely get what you're saying. And, um, there's also a band, um, freaking Supreme, Supreme beings of leisure. Also mm-hmm. another like trip hop band who, if you listen to them, it's like, definitely synonymous with this like that cool like late 90s early 2000s like casino like hot shot you know what i'm saying like like yeah yeah, or yeah. The, yeah like you said um what do you say it was that, that tom cruise movie you mentioned uh like mission impossible too yeah it's like oh the really cool chiseled jaw guy has to like do the mission with you know <laughs> like like it's stuff like yeah. that it's a lot of the trip-hop stuff is really synonymous with movies which also mm. adds to it being so like cinematic and i don't know i i just i just love that also growing up you're a kid it's like looking out the window you make music videos you know what i'm saying like yeah 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 so but so hearing really cinematic music but it's not like you said it's not necessarily scores mm-hmm. i think that was another big appeal one uh, well, another big part of the uh, appeal behind partisan like like so Sabrina Green's a leisure and like a lot of these bands like that. Like I love songs. Like I I love stuff like that. Yeah. And one thing I was kind of thinking so I know with Zulu, um Anaya and correct me if I'm wrong, but Anaya kinda like writes a lot of the music kind of separately and it sounded like kind of that has shifted some and it's a you know a little bit more of a group effort. But um but the idea is like how how do you feel like Portishead influences your songwriting even with something like Zulu or just kind of affects the way you play? Yeah, like the the first record, him and I were like collaborating on a lot of stuff. So like it's really PV sounding, really grind sounding. And like the second record is more so metallic in my mind. And that's definitely a lot of him. Like he he wrote a lot of the second record, which is definitely like I think like the sound change playing our stuff live together it all meshes but I definitely hear first record PV grind second record say it's like metallic like more so metallic type stuff um but when I 
when I write stuff, I definitely like how Portishead can have the dichotomy of like, yeah, we are electronic band, but we can play guitar and bass and, and drums. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds so like obvious, you know, but when you dig deep into it, it's like, there's a lot to think about behind that because some people can only do either or, you know, like I know people who are amazing, you know, producers, engineers, but they can't play, they, they can't even dream of touching a guitar or a bass and vice versa. I know like virtuoso musicians who can do like eight string sweeps and, you know, do all the freaking toast and the bossy stuff, but they just cannot grasp the idea of like a drum machine or anything like that. So yeah 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 and a lot of people i feel like that start in kind of like rock bands they they almost just scoff at the idea of something being like i guess synthetic yeah you know to the point that they get really annoying with it where it's like to me it's just like if it sounds like kind of a cop-out thing but it's like if it's good it's good like if it has fake drums and it's you know just written in a cool way i don't i don't give a shit you know it's like you know so but i i I think you're right about the thing where it's like the members of portis had you know because like adrian uh played like guitar bass theremin hammond and strings and you know that concept of kind of like mixing the two because i feel like whenever whenever a lot of people think about electronic music and a lot of electronic bands have done this where it's like electronic all the time yeah. kind of thing, you know? And that's cool. It's cool when you think about like craft work or like just so many different versions of it. And I love it, but it's like that kind of thing where it's like, I don't have to be fully enmeshed in it. And I think that even goes back to Zulu, like you were talking about where it's like, you can still be one kind of band and dabble a little bit outside of something, but still be, you know, like a punk or hardcore band, you know, it's like, it's not going to take that away from you by incorporating these little things. Yeah. Like the, the, the new record for sure. Like, I, we ha- definitely have a lot of samples and stuff, like a lot of funk and soul samples, but the new record, we're trying to like write funk and R and B and soul just organically and use them as samples, which I don't know if I spoiled anything, but, uh, no, that's really cool. And I, I, I I've seen a lot of bands lately that not necessarily like exactly that, but it's like when they kind of shift, it's not so much like, Hey, look what we can do. It's just, they do it in a way that serves a song. So I think if that's what y'all are definitely working on, I, I love that idea. You know? Yeah. Cause also I, I like to blend like, again, like back down to first, that like the blending of traditional instruments and electronic type stuff. We're really like experimenting with the new stuff. Um, like, me when when I'm coming with and it's either entombed or Portis Head, which is like so random, but I feel like every PV or grind band, and this is this is definitely a hot take. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, for the listeners, this is a very hot take. But I feel like every grind band hits their peak when they like go death metal, and mm-hmm. Carcass, freaking napalm like it does i mean yeah napalm with like harmony corruption is that yes, the name of that record they kind of go death metal on that yeah yeah and then like carcass with heart work like people hate heart, uh, heart work but well they are idiots i think heart work, <laughs> those people that hate yeah, yeah i think hard work is so insane so like it's so good my thing is like yo i really want to hit like some death metal stuff so i was like showing them for me like wolverine blues is like the goat record i mean like Left Hand Path's cool, whatever, but, like, the groove for, like, hardcore sensibilities definitely Mm -hmm. comes from Wolverine Blues. Like, if you want, like, was it Demon? Like, Like, that's the, it's just so groovy and fun, and if you want to, like, bring that to, like, a hardcore realm, I feel like, if you want to have an influence in death metal, I definitely feel like Wolverine Blues is the one. So, with me, it's, like, I, in terms of structuring samples and everything i have person in mind and when it, i mean in terms of like the juxtaposition of like guitars and bass and you know like electronic stuff but when it comes to just making straight up this heavy stuff i'm like yo entombed yeah like the zulu record like it's it's definitely coming out like sooner than later um and we're meeting up literally tonight actually like after this 
I'm set. I'm getting on uh, a freaking subway train. I'm going on the, the the yellow line to the, the gold line to the blue line, going to Long Beach, and we're set up jamming some stuff later tonight. Like we're we're writing currently, but damn, yeah, it's literally after this. Um, so yeah, that's that's a, that's dedication because you got a long drive ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah legit. But yeah, dude, definitely. Like I'm like when I told you I was like when I broke down Portis Head as like a as like a job as like a chore. You know when I was writing, mm-hmm. that's the mode I'm in now. I sort of deleted Spotify for a while because it's like mm-hmm. I stopped listening to music for a little bit to write my own music. I I did enough research and enough you know, trying to pull from artists for inspiration, then I deleted Spotify. I mean, also, I need space on my phone. So, but yeah, yeah. So I, I deleted, you know, the, the little dating apps or whatever. I deleted Spotify. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to keep, you know, I'm going to try to write. And now I'm definitely in like a writing mode. But when I write, a lot of it is definitely inspired by this this electronic type of, like meshing that Portis said, Supreme Beings of Leisure do. There's a band called Morchiba. And Morchiba, mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard of them. I love that band so, so much because Morchiba is definitely like the poppier side of trip hop. Same with um, Supreme Beings of Leisure. Supreme Beings of Leisure is more like, yeah, like the cool Tom Cruise 90s guy, you know, and then um, Morchiba is like, fun you know happy trip hop and then you look at like tricky is like the the dark like dingy like vampire club type stuff yeah yeah like uh like blade soundtrack stuff and then yeah like portis said is like yeah like the cinematic horniness (laughs) yeah 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 but yeah i i definitely use a lot of uh, like not necessarily like trip hop like the way it sounds but like the composition like the approach to it the approach to taking things that don't mix and mixing them like which is very much why i'm super into trip hop because like it's two things that really don't mix and it made a whole genre out of it and it made now like some things are synonymous with each other but they are because of what trip hop did if that makes sense you know yeah, yeah, I was actually thinking about that because I think earlier we kind of talked about like what that genre even means or like what that. So I think you almost kind of, you kind of explained it in a sense like it's, it's like the trip hop. I guess the the hip hop part because if we're suppose if we are to suppose that like the term trip hop is you know derived from hip hop in a way, then it's kind of like the meshing and the sampling. Yeah. But that's that's where that's it's kind of like when I was growing up, I thought it was like more akin to hip hop, even though I listened to a decent amount of hip hop. It's like I couldn't get a sense of what that was supposed to mean. And I think versions of it, I thought it was like kind of more akin to techno. Yeah. Like in a way, you know, but it but it isn't. But it is. But it's it's a meshing and it's like the sampling, but also you know, kind of adding on traditional instruments in a way, because I feel like a big focus with a lot of these artists and trip hop, it's like, it's like they're bringing a lot of these kind of like, almost like a pop element into it um, in a way to kind of like song structures as like a pop aesthetic that like hip hop doesn't always do or have to do. Yeah. You know? To like reiterate like the thought I had about when I was younger and I heard the term trip hop, I was like, okay, like, it's like, you know, like real bright colors and, you know, like Arrested Development or like uh, Tribe Called Quest type hip hop. That's why I, I, thought, it, yeah, that's yeah, why I yeah. thought it was, you know, and I listened to mm-hmm. it and yeah, like the idea of trip hop just, I feel as if just derives from hip hop in the sense that it's just a lot of sampling, a lot of fixed beats. I don't really, I really don't hear a lot of rapping at all in, in trip hop, to be honest, but I like how the chip hop now, like, you know, like that chill beats of study to type YouTube stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that. And like all like the, the lo-fi stuff straight up. I, I, I don't really feel that it would exist without trip hop. Um, yeah. 
because it definitely like opened up a whole new world of like you can have the hip hop approach to like like I don't know like neo jazz and stuff or like a whole new you know realm of stuff. But I definitely I like the approach that trip hop has and definitely like that like that that Lovage record um, with Matt, with Mike Patton that stuff is just so interesting because he has like his themes he has a lot of like really a lot of metal themes a lot of like some songs about like necrophilia themes themes that's not really my vibe obviously but like yeah, uh, yeah. but it's like a thing in metal a lot of times yeah like they'll kind yeah. of throw that kind of stuff in so it's it's a it's a definitely a metal aesthetic yeah and he definitely brought that into trip hop and I don't know. Yeah, I I just respect the genre so much. I respect Portishead so much. Um, I feel like that record encompasses what I love about trip hop so much. Like I guess I love Supreme being Supreme being the Leisure and Morchiba are two artists that like I'm just obsessed with. Okay, when I want to think like top to bottom, what an amazing perfect trip hop record would be. It would definitely be dummy, and or maybe like like the self titled too, but because like it's it has pop elements, but it's not like too poppy. Like it, I think it's just perfect. It's just perfect. Yeah, I think what's interesting with us kind of like jumping around a bunch, like that feels like Portishead. You know, like it it feels like there's so much stuff that it's like. You kind of it's so much a reference of other things in a way that becomes like its own. I I'll say soup, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, I guess I'm the podcaster here. I'll say the uh, the kind of cliche phrases, but <laughs> like it, you know, it feels like yeah, it just feels like you kind of have to say that this is akin to this because it's like you know the samples with like you know Isaac Hayes War and like we mentioned uh, Weather Report. Yeah. Um, it's just pulling for so much like, you know, the spaghetti Western just kind of cap off all the stuff that we talked about. So I, I really love all the places we went cause it kind of reminded me of things or made me want to just check out new things. Like when we get done, I'm going to go check out, you know, that Lovage record. Like that sounds right up my alley. And I think mm-hmm. that's something really cool about this genre that can be a conversation with a lots of other things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's the Lovage record. There's a an instrumental version of the record, which is like they only have two. They only have two records, and it's like the 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 main one with the lyrics, and then there's the uh, instrumental one. Instrumental one is insane. Like it just it's so insane to me sometimes to the point that like the hearing lyrics like weird me out. So I guess as we wind down, you know, I just you know, want to make sure that we kind of talk more about, I guess, for a second about the tour you are about to go on. You said you're leaving basically like tomorrow to go cross country. So I wish you the best of luck. And, Thank um, you. but Thank you. yeah, but if you wanted to kind of mention, I guess, promote Zulu or what you have coming up, you know? Yeah. Uh, definitely shout out flat spot. Uh, Ricky and Shay are just, they really like saw a lot in us and I appreciate them for that. Uh, so yeah, we're trying to do um yeah like tonight we're gonna be jamming, we'll be crashing out there with uh, all those guys and we're just gonna leave in the morning or mid afternoon, but yeah we're doing some dates with Sasami Ashworth who used to be in Cherry Glazer, and now she's like doing her own thing and her stuff is like amazing. I was I was checking it out, um she has a lot of indie stuff, mm-hmm. uh and then she has like some heavier metal stuff which is like really sick so. I feel like it's gonna mesh well with us, or I should say, we're gonna mesh well with her. Um, and there's a there was a week break that she gave us, and we're doing those like some the last Gulch shows in Texas. We're doing like two shows with Gulch. We got the most recent date. We had an off day, and then we're doing a lot of zigzagging, but we're doing a date with Drain that got announced. We didn't say I got added to it. And I, I like kind of like woke up and so I'm down or whatever. And I looked online. I was like, oh, okay, we're playing with Drain. But uh, Drain, like, there's I have some good homies in that band. So I'm really looking forward to that. So we're doing the real, like, the commercial, really fun, this non violent tour. 
and then we're straight up going into like the last time you ever see golf so it's gonna be really yeah, violent it's gonna scary. Be wild. <laughs> yeah and then like drain like really crazy heavy like stuff they were going right back to you know sasami fun you know wholesome vibes you know and they were driving back and they were doing a fest with like a bunch of rappers and like with trash talk and that's in la so that's like april 2nd i think so hmm. we're like it's gonna be all over the place but like the once we get home we're doing the like ski master slump god and snot or like headline they're two like uh ski mass is one of my favorite rappers so i'm stoked hmm. and snot i just started listening to like a month or two ago and he's sick i he um i didn't know he was endorsed by asap rocky i thought he was a totally different type of artist so hearing him i was like he's not what i thought he was but he's really sick he's what i thought he was i thought i wasn't gonna be interested in him but hearing him like he's really sick so i'm geeked on it um so yeah it's gonna be sick like it really couldn't get any different we're going from like indie to a little metal to the straightforward chaos like hardcore to just more indie to freaking hip-hop with trash talk added like it, it's this this straight up lead, like tomorrow on i say like i've literally after this podcast on until <laughs> april and then from yeah from today until april we're doing a lot and then we're gonna be in the studio april and then whole month april and i I have um I have a few other musical projects that I'm like trying to fit around this schedule because straight up like I feel like from today until like the very end of April is straight up just Zulu like a block like yeah every every day it seems because like we're gonna be in the studio every weekend in April so like yeah it's just like it's gonna be Zulu 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 for from today until like I think May early May something like that like it's crazy but. I'm honestly so, I'm so stoked. It's going to be so insane, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, before I truly let you go, I super appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. And I love those two Zulu records and can't wait to hear more. So, I mean, thank you. And this has been such a great conversation about like so many other things that I want to like check out more than I have already, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was sick. This is very fun. Definitely. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks again to Braxton for coming on the pod. Don't forget to check out the newest Zulu recordings and catch them on tour this year, I'm certain. And also check out Braxton's other band, Shred Bundy. Okay, next time on the pod, we're talking with my good friend Jared Rogers of the band Nerve Endings. We talked about the Wipers' 1983 album, Over the Edge, and so much other stuff. Jared's a great friend, so please tune in next time. Once again, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Lastly, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do that sort of thing. Reviews definitely help. Thanks as always to Sarah Blumenthal for editing the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme. Okay, see you next week. <laughs>